Howdy guys, and welcome to episode 6 of So How Did I Get Here with me, Sam Lax. This week's a doozy, we've got Kate Peck. Now Kate is first and foremost a wonderful human being that I've had the uh, pleasure of meeting for my work here with Yahoo uh, Australia here in the studio, which is cool. She's incredibly funny, she's vivacious, she's high achieving, yet she manages to be the most modest and down-to-earth person that you'll come across. She's a huge fan of motorsports and amongst other things, currently works for Channel 10 Australian motorsports program RPM as a presenter reporter covering all things with an engine. In our chat, we cover her expansive career to date, from competing in search for a supermodel while still at school in 2002, to subsequently working as a model and living around the world and later of how she broke into the presenting business back here in Australia. Amongst many other things, we talk about what got her into motorsports, her love and qualifications for wine, and how she manifests her dream jobs and gadgets that she just can't live without. This app was recorded in my work studio, as Kate was kind enough to spare me an hour after we recorded one of our Build Series Sydney episodes, in which she interviewed Boy and Bear, so that's where we pick it up. I had a lot of fun chatting to her, so I hope you enjoy it too, and the talk leaves you inspired to get out there and get kicking ass like she does. So without further ado, I'll take you live to Yahoo Build Series Sydney Studio and my chat with Kate Peck. So welcome guys, if you're listening, to matter... Where in the world, or what time in the day, this is uh, How Did I Get Here With Me, Sam Lax, recorded very strangely from uh, Yahoo Build Studio Sydney, which is very, it's a big step up for me, if I'm honest, Kate, it's a big step up. Yeah, it feels very professional, mm. way more professional than what you the see. Little, the little pokey Bondi Beach radio studio, I'm not going to do it down, you know, big up the guys, are still there, but this is pretty sweet, I get to sit down, which yeah, is not true, I normally sit on the desk. Yeah, these plush. Mm-hmm. And we've swapped seats, because I've just pinched you, you've been interviewing... Uh, boy and Bear. Yeah, I have. Weren't they lovely? Good guys. They are nice. Good blokes, good It's nice blokes. to meet nice people. Yeah, real talk. And yeah. then I, I went out because I was taking photos of you and uh, professionally, I might add, <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> and then I walked out, g- go get my little bits and bobs to put them onto the computer and then I go into the studio and you're just talking about shit. So what was it like quite literally about poo? Oh, yeah, yeah. What, oh. what happened between me walking from here and there? Well, um, so Dave Hosking, he had some seriously bad gut stuff go down. Okay. Yeah, and so um, where it was like basically breaking down his nervous system and um, – Jeez Louise. Yeah, it was really, really bad. Wow, uh, he okay. was completely debilitated and so he went – He for years he was trying to work it out and I think it was from all the way back in 2011. But mm. he finally worked out that basically he needed to sh- – somebody else's good poo up his butt to um, to make his poo and his nervous system good again. That's Isn't like the, the most layman way of explaining it. But yeah, it's a it's a big deal. That's madness. That is madness. And yeah, it was pretty hectic like how he has to do it. You should yeah, Google it because it's pretty wild. In your own time, listeners, not now. I won't dwell too much yeah, on poo. But exactly. Yeah. You're meant to be listening to us. <laughs> so yeah, so basically as I was explaining off mic, this show – Basically, wide-ranging, uh, wide-ranging even conversation about your life and times and where you are today. So let's start at the beginning. That is your childhood. Yes. All right. Where were you born? 
Uh, I was born in Canada in Jasper, Canada. which is a little uh, skiing village. Oh. And I was the only – I was the last baby to be born there before they shut down that ward because nobody was nobody was having babies there. They had, a, they had a hospital but nobody was having babies there. Wow, that's a unique claim to fame if nothing else, isn't it? That's pretty yeah. cool. Yep. Yeah, Canada, exactly. So Canadian citizen. Yep, Canadian passport. Canadian passport, Canadian parents. Canadian father. Father, sure. Um, an Australian mother. I was going to say, what brought you to the, the Golden Isle? Or the well, then uh, we decided to move back to Australia where we moved. We, like you had a four, oh, you like, well, you know, a two-year-old, I'm, I was, I'm pretty yeah, I was sick about of this. Two, and I decided that it was time, it was too bloody cold. Yeah. Um, Mum wanted to move home, but they moved to Cairns okay. instead of Melbourne, which is where mum's from so why why would they move to Cairns yeah. if mum's family was in Melbourne I don't know Daintree bit of a yeah but GBR yeah. Great Barrier Reef yeah then, yeah GBR it was all about GBR and after two weeks you're like oh okay well um guess we're in Cairns yeah well so, I think mum uh, thought realised that pretty quickly because it gets pretty hot up there and oh, like unbearably hot and yeah. everything wants to kill you and you can't swim in the beach yeah. and uh, so I think it lasted a few years and then mum was like no I'm going down to Melbourne and yeah. dad came too and then dad decided it was too cold to stay in Melbourne oh really he's Canadian it's too cold in Melbourne so he had to move back to Cairns what <laughs> that's mad yeah so then um, so then they they split and then we go up to Cairns for holidays which was fun for holidays yeah so you got hot and cold or yeah, and wet as well yeah, in Melbourne. It's yeah, balance exactly. Hot, cold and wet, and wet in Cairns too. Like yeah. very wet up there. Yeah, real lots talk. of rain, lots so of crocs. Right. So you're a wee lass. You're at school. Mm-hmm. What can we find you doing? What are you? What are your passions? What are your interests uh, in curriculum and then out of curriculum? So I think I was a bit of a turd burger. Um, and first question: What's a turd burger? Well, I was just a bit of a shithead, really. Like okay. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't super smart. I wasn't very good at sport. <laughs> um, what was I good at? Uh, I was really good at Mario Kart. Yeah, um, nice, I nice. was probably more of a gamer to begin with and then I lost the interest in that. Uh, there was a few horse – there was a bit of horse riding okay. around and I played netball, uh, which I didn't really like. I was quite a good swimmer. Um, what did you? What first really ticked your box? What were you like? This is really fun. I enjoy this. Really enjoyed home ec class. That was really fun. And what is that here? Because I think it's different in the UK. What well, is it's uh, they basically teach you how to cook. Okay. Yeah. Which, sure. Yeah. It was it was fun. What was your dish? Piece oh, of I remember I made a good cheesecake and a good um, apple crumble. Yes, please. My mum's uh, apple crumble. Quick caveat for you as well. That would be my defro pudding. What would be, oh. your, what would be your defro meal? Oh, it would probably be um, champagne. Champagne? Or, uh, yeah, probably. Wow. Or a wine, yeah. Okay. Well, this seems and like an appropriate yeah. branch to branch off onto your wine snobbery slash... In extensive training, you're a sommelier. I'm a wine knob. Uh, I wasn't into wine in high school, though. Maybe if I wasn't, maybe if we could do wine, then I would have had something to be passionate about in high school. Where did the love with wine begin? Um, Do you remember your first bag of goon? I mean, bottle of wine? Yeah, my first silver pillow. Yeah. I don't actually remember. I just remember starting to form a a love of wine with my stepdad. Mm -hmm. And they would always, every day, 
like family dinner, we'd always re like they would put in a lot of effort to wine, like what wine they would bring, mm. what we'd match with the dishes, and then oh wow, so it was a whole thing with the, with the yeah. food as well. It was like a real occasion. D- well, yeah, like I mean, they love their Cardinet, um, and they still do. So that that is actually one of my favorite wines, but. Um, Cardinet. Chardonnay, Chardonnay. Okay, all right. I was like, <laughs> Come on, mate. I was like, mate, you know I've been. The difference well, like, well you're, a, you're a wine connoisseur. I was like, oh my God, I've been calling it Chardonnay for years. How embarrassing. Oh, Christ. You call it whatever you want, babe. You're, you do you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll stick with Chardonnay for the moment. But yeah. that, so early, early wine pairing. So, yeah, like, meals. Not, yeah, not 19, I guess, 18. Um, it's very sophisticated. I think I was buying. Two bottles of wine for a fiver from the local offie for a house party when I was around that age. Yeah, so like I don't that understand. Is a, a you know, chasm of difference in appreciation, I think. Totally, because like, when did you start liking wine? Like, wine doesn't. If you think about True. it, it really doesn't taste good. But it same tastes with beer. Good. Same with beer, though, and it? it's like anything. It's just like is it a maturing of taste buds or and just bashing your head against the wall doing it often because it's like. A social thing to do in whatever culture you're in, you drink it more and more. Remember the first sip of wine or beer, and you're like, "Ugh!" And then yeah, your parents foul. like, "Yeah, you like that, don't you?" <laughs> and then, of course, because it's the thing that you do, you, you just, force I think yourself into yeah. liking it. On that logic, do you reckon you could force yourself into liking stranger things? I don't know, like, I don't know, dog poo. Do you reckon you could be like, "Yeah, first bite, not for me." Then years down the track, you're like, "Actually, I've got a real taste for this." You know what? I like it. Maybe that's how it rolls. Maybe that's possible. There you go, scientists. Listen up. Listen up. Is that dangerous to eat dog poo, though? Maybe. I, I, I haven't done too much research, Kate. It was just off the off the top of the dome. Yeah. A bit of poo. I'd have to look into it further before I committed to a. Um, yeah, yeah. To Get a the magnifying term. glass out. Yeah, just like just a little bit each week. I'd have to put in some some hours before I decided to commit to that. Love it. And so swerving from dog poo. Swerving being the operative word. Big motorhead. Yeah, so... Now um, doing, uh, what is it, RPM? Yep. Channel 10, doing a lot of that. Just RPM. seen your book for your Melbourne Cup, which is not a motorsport, but still. Horsepower. Horsepower. That's yeah. the original horsepower, right? True. Where did that all start? Uh, so my uh, my dad, Canadian dad, he... Mm. Um, he was a big motorbike rider and he had his he was a pilot as well. Um so I Epic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he got up to a lot, he's a real adventure nut. Um yeah. and so he would take us around on his bike and I thought that was pretty cool. And then then I moved to Sydney mm. and then I had to didn't have my license, so I had to get um a scooter. Yeah. Yep. And then I realised this is actually heaps of fun. Mm. Um and then dad, because he was uh, riding around the world all year, every year with my stepmom on the back. Um, wow, we. So they'd just come, yeah, they were job sharing and then. Okay. No, it wasn't with work. They'd just take off on a year and then come back and, and work for a year. And then, mm. so they would, ha- they were real estate agents, so they'd hand over their listings to oh, wow. um, either my stepmom's brother or mm-hmm. somebody else that they could share with. Pretty cool. Um. And then they take off for a year, and so they invited me to uh, Africa and um, for like two or what? three months. How old were you at this point? Oh, I was like twenty-two or something. I think. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's so, um, sweet. yeah, it was. It was amazing. So it was my first experience on a big bike, 
and oh, so you um, went from a scooter I went to from scooter Africa to Africa straight onto like an off road night yeah. hyped up BMW kind of thing yeah pretty much Ooh. it wasn't quite a BMW but um, how was that transition from a twist and go to it was a wild it was really wild yeah. yeah it was um, quite hectic but I got used to it pretty quickly because otherwise I would have died really of course like, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. got to stay on there's nobody helping you stay on so yeah, yeah. it's your option you stay upright or you die highlights of that trip uh, oh god, there was so many. Um, just the culture there's quite bizarre. The roads were gorgeous. The riding's incredible. The wineries. Mm. Um, that's where I first really got into wine is because we visited the wineries there, and I was like, wow, wine is really something mm. else. Yeah. Um, where was this specifically? Sorry, was this? This essay? was in Cape Town, Cape around Town. Cape Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so they've got a lot of beautiful wineries, uh, wine regions around um, Cape Town, which is in South Africa. Mm. Uh, we went to Namibia. Botswana and um, yeah, the riding was just wild. It was just a wild trip. Um, oh, it looks incredible. I can only speak from my experience of watching Long Way Down and yeah, all the rest yeah. of it with McGregor, but like it it's looks like the dream, right? The long totally. way down, the long way around, and that's what my parents do. They do their long wayers, really. They, yeah, they, they don't do it so much anymore, but mm. it's they did that for like 15 years, like they've done wow. everything like so through the, the Middle East yeah. and like. Really, Places the Middle East? That they shouldn't be going because they're nuts. Totally, yeah. Yeah, so it's. Um, I think it's in the blood. I was going to say that sounds like that trip really solidified it for you then. Yeah, and mm. then from there I came back and I um, was getting. I was. Uh, f- I filmed a. Um, started MTV and then I filmed a, a, a produced a show for um, Nat Geographic mm. and. Um, we yeah, it was like an adventure series. This um, a mo- what's this? A called? model adventure. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, so that had some that had some motorsport in there too. But yeah, I became the ambassador for Formula One and uh, in Melbourne in 2012, and that was when it started like more motorsporty media kind of roles, Epic. Uh, which is what I wanted to do. This really is it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of yeah. my questions in a little bit is going to be how to engineer your dream job and how do you cut that space? But let's backtrack a little bit because you've jumped into your presenting already. I want to know how the hell you got there. So I did a little yeah. Google and yeah, 2002 in search of a supermodel. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Good old season three. Yeah. How'd you fare? How'd you go? I th- uh, and how did that come around as well? I think, it Is was, that- I think there was like a t- top ten and then they just announced the winners. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my friends got me to go mm-hmm. and I think I really wanted to go. I think I was in denial but I was like, of course I'll go. Anyway, um, so that was – I was still in school. I was like 15 or something. Sure. What do you mean by in denial? Uh, I don't know. I just uh, maybe it just felt self-indulgent to be like I want to go to a modelling competition. Fine, fine. So you were kind of railing against it, but at the same time you were like, I'll give it a bash, kind mm. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it was a really fun experience. It was before the days of um, of Next Top Model, where they're just really horrible to the girls mm, and mm. they make them do all this horrible stuff. And um, pit them against each other and make them cry and so it, well, it's a it's a like facade for a really reality TV show, isn't it? Really, yeah, so it's like, yeah, exactly. If you exactly. can't beat them, tear them down, and yeah, that horrible and, you know, kind of yeah. The producers would set shit up, and they oh, would just totally tell us what you think about these guys. Yeah, make them uh, bitch behind their backs, oh. and which is you know what that's bloody entertaining. Yeah, uh, and I would watch it, and I think it probably did. But my my um, but series your experience was not. Was it was pleasant. It was yeah. nice. Everyone was friendly and kind, and it was more genuinely. How can we? 
teach these young idiots, mm. young young kids, how to get into the modelling industry and you know what what it entails. And how old were you at the time? Oh, like fifteen or sixteen. Oh my god, really young. So this was your first ever taste of TV modelling, present yeah. anything to do with that world. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so shock to the system? Not really, because they did it in such a nice way. Yeah. Um, but that just never happens anymore. It was literally just before all the shock factor. Like, I was going to say, yeah, it seems like a Mr. Real Golden yeah. era here. Danny See, was telling was me golden, how he was in end. MTV from 15 or whatever. It seems like there's this real incubator period and what amazing stars that it's brought, you know, brought up. So that's yeah, awesome. it was, um, it was, I remember it being a really nice experience. Wicked. So yeah. after that, that wrapped up and was that the leapfrog to, I, what was my other one? So you were modeling for Maya, but that was a huge gap. Mm, yeah, that was so a what big were you, gap. So what did you do after that then? Well, then I went back to school. Yeah, uh, you were only I had 15, year 11 and 12 to go. And then I was... A little bit of an ego on your shoulders? Or were you... Probably. Yeah, yeah. Prob- I was a probably, like I said, a turd burger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, don't we all cringe when we look back at oh, school? Oh, mate, of course. Yuck. Yeah, I was yeah, probably yeah. a horrible little piece of shit. Oh, but, um, product of the time and the environment. I wouldn't yeah, be too hard we'll on yourself. blame it on that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I went back to school and then I'd do modelling gigs every, like, uh, week or, like, I'd take – they'd let me take some days off and stuff. So that mm. worked out. Um, it worked out quite nicely. Epic. Um, what kind of haircut? Would you have had at the time? I had long hair. You had long hair? I had long hair. It wasn't until later um, that I did a big global uh, campaign for Tony and Guy Mm -hmm. and they cut it into this awful mullet when I was in New York and – and then I just uh, – because the agency wouldn't let me cut it. So I was like, well, now they've mm. paid me a big chunk of cash to cut it into a mullet. So I can't keep it as a mullet, so I've got to go short. Interesting. And then they, it just stayed short from there because um, I really enjoy having short hair. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's wicked. So yeah. you've always – you've easy to organise. Have you already had it the, the same colour? You, yeah, it's always You've gone been through the spectrum or you – Peroxide blonde. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Yep, I mean I've had other colours. I've had purple, pink, blue, um, red, and brown, but nothing permanent as such. Wow. Um, okay. They'd be like the brown was actually a wig, and the red was very red. That was hard to get out, and then the purple and the others are kind of they're washes, so you can wash them out. I feel you. I feel yes, you. Yes. Yeah. So um, a bit of variety there, but mostly just keep it. Keep it as is. Mm-hmm. It's nice and easy. Blondes have more fun. What are you naturally? Uh, I think I'm more of a donkey kind of rat brown. A donkey rat brown. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So it's like funny that girls dull. have to like think, oh, I can't really remember. But yeah. yeah. Like maybe look at my eyebrows, but I even draw those on so I don't look at them. <laughs> yeah. Be a Prob- good spy. I'll, I'll show you some regrowth one day if you're feeling yeah, lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling excited. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> So we digress, as is this podcast way. Uh, you did, in search for supermodel, 2002, rocking out of there, back to school. And yes. then after school... Then after school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. God, like the club. you. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do for so long. Uh, and it's a really horrible thing not knowing what you want to do. Like mm. to have no direction and no purpose. And I think I got really depressed after school because... I just didn't. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Totally, totally. Um, and it seems at that time that so many people do know what yeah, they want to do, it's and the it may just be a facade that everyone puts on. But it's a big worry, and you look around, and everyone seems to be getting on with their life or applying for university or doing this and that. Yeah. And you think, 
fuck, have I, what, what's going on? Is, is something going to hit me? And I think we're trained to f feel like, and then there was this moment, there was this one moment kind of thing. When, yeah. As a matter of fact, I think it's a building up of many, many micro moments that like something comes out of it and it's not just this one snap moment. But with that said... Was there a snap moment for you? There wasn't a snap moment. Good. I tried. Phew, thank God. That would have ruined yeah. my whole theory. Thanks, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> she's winking at me. You can't see, but she's winking at me. But, you know, you're right because, like, you just don't work it out until you've tried everything that you don't want to do and then you've tried everything you don't want to do. And I got fired from an abominable amount of jobs. Go on, like, give it a quick list. Oh, cafes. Yeah. Um, uh, definitely clothing stores, oh. Jeans West, call centres, uh, a bridesmaid's dress shop. Nice. Um, a bar. Um, Mate, you've got plenty of material if you were to go <laughs> to stand-up afterwards. The only one I didn't get fired from was, you know how they used to, you, you don't see them so much these days, but they ride around on scooters with the big posters on the back. Like no the big way, trailer you did posters. one of those. Yeah. I did that for a while. And Amazing, but at least that had your love fucked. of motorbikes. That's probably the only reason why I kept that job yeah. is because... Uh, I got to ride a scooter or a motorbike, but it was, yeah, it was pretty awful. Any, like, moments where you're like, oh, dear, that you got into in any of those yes. jobs? Like, did you back that sign into a wall or something? anything like that? Oh, no, but I do remember it. Um, the bridesmaid's dress shop, I feel still bad for it. Um, uh, yeah, I think I was really hungover and I came into the shop and I didn't want to be there and I was there on a Sunday by myself and I accidentally left the mannequin fully dressed outside, like out the front because I kind of no, ran out the door people and I go there, my shift, uh, shift and it poured with rain. It was oh. torrential. And, yeah, let's just say the mannequin and dress and earrings and everything else washed away. I feel terrible. Ooh. She was just a little small business and I, oh, God. me being a rat bag. Oh, uh, mate, we are but human. We all make mistakes. <laughs> we all make mistakes. God. One day I'll go to hell. Yeah, exactly. Pay her, pay her forward or back or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you did this litany of jobs and... What's well? How did you get into presenting? Where did this all come from? Like, so then, um, so I were you modelling on? I was like, modelling at the same time. Yeah, sure. Um, and what and is a model's life like for those that don't know? Uh, Obviously, it's all over see, the shop. Is it is it kind of sporadic? It's like being a freelancer. So you get the odd booking, which might be like very well paid, and then you get nothing for months. Yeah. or you it get can a be. Campaign. It's, it's like being a freelancer, except. Sure. Um, Sometimes, like, I feel like there's there's more jobs on the go and there's – I did a lot of runway work as well, so mm. lots of catwalk stuff, um, which was always heaps of fun. But So I finished school and then I stayed in – I moved to Sydney for a couple of years, mm. um, got fired from lots of jobs but also did lots of modelling. Um, and sometimes it would be like that a roller coaster. so you'd work a couple of times a week and then maybe you wouldn't work for two and you'd think your life was over and then you'd work again and then – and it would just be a vicious cycle of like, oh, of my God, will I eat this week? Oh, yeah. my God. Um, which is handy when you're a model. Because I was going to say that's say a very real consideration anyway. regardless of work, isn't it? Go yeah, exactly. So uh, that worked in my favour. I was very slim. Um, and so then I would – then I moved over to New – oh, I did London and Japan for a while. And oh, then wow. Back just on your own? Just for you yep. give it a crack? Was that for work or you yeah, went first and then work? Yeah, just yeah, and then moved to New York for three years, um, modeling, which was um, awesome. But yeah, you yeah. kind of just 
you kind of just go on your own. And I was always fine to go on my own. Mm. And you hook up with an agency wherever you are mm-hmm. and um, get on their books and hopefully get sent to castings and hopefully book gigs. Yeah. Uh, is it a brutal world? Like it's brutal, yeah. Kind of like the only picture I've got is like Devil Wears Prada meets Black Swan. <laughs> That's it's the like, ignorant view that I've got. I'm like, it's hectic. Look, it is really hectic. It's not as bitchy as you think, but the clients, the girls aren't as bitchy, but the clients can be pretty, pretty mm. aggressive and brutal. Like yeah. you are just treated as a sometimes barely glorified clothes hanger. Crazy, isn't um, it? Yeah, my friend's um, a professional ballet dancer and she got to Disneyland in Tokyo and uh, Japanese girls are completely different build to Western girls anyway. She's a lot taller and broader just by bone structure. And uh, she became incredibly thin at one point and then they measured her corset at that size and... So you, these are the kind of things that you're sewn into. That's it, kind of thing for oh the whole no. season. And then, of course, she became uh, healthier and like a normal size, or not even you know, still polo thin. But they were like, "Oh, you lose weight!" Like, lose, like just constantly pestering. Like, and then in auditions, you just got a number on you. And they're like, "Nah, nah, nah." Was it like that yeah. kind of thing? It can be like that. Yeah, definitely. Got to have a tough skin on you. My God. Um, and I haven't heard about the number one. Oh, yeah, I probably have actually. Look, that does sound very effective and efficient. Yeah, it sadly is. You're like cattle. Um, yeah. I do remember when I was working in Japan, um, they would measure you all the time. Like every couple of days they'd take all your measurements. Jeez Louise. And if you put on a kilo, yeah. they would dock your pay. What? Yeah. Dock your pay? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was what pretty- does that do for your self-esteem? Well, luckily I was really thin. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't have to worry about it. But yeah, it does it does play with your head a lot. Yeah, that's we, for sure. I mean, you must have been around friends and colleagues that it did affect badly. Like, oh, for how do people sure. take it? Like, do you see one one week you see Sandra and then she's not there and it, what happened to her well, kind of thing? Or? Yeah, and you're so transient, like you just don't you will be with models for a couple of weeks and mm. then they'll go or mm. uh, and like you just know, oh that one, yeah, she's definitely not eating. Uh yeah, no, that one definitely is not eating. Jeez. Um Yeah, so you just you just know and it's just kind of just part of it. And then yeah. some are really normal and um and not what you'd think. But mm. uh yeah, for for most people, it's definitely too much. There's a lot of focus on um, on your weight and mm. how you look, which is what mm. the point of it is, really. I mean, if yeah. you're a model, that's what you do. All you have to do is stay thin. Mm. Like, mm. that's your job. Whereas I feel like eating disorders aren't just – uh, in the fashion industry by any means. They're dancers, they're um, mm-hmm. boxing as well mm-hmm. to make that weight. Like a lot of them have eating disorders as well. Mm. So I guess with modelling, you've got one job, stay thin. Mm. <laughs> if you can't, then like, yeah, then then the industry doesn't want you. That's changing now, which is good. Mm. Um, and to be a good model, that's not all you have to do. You do have to there's – a, there's a lot of other skill, which oh, you yeah, wouldn't actually course. realise, yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's a lot that does go into it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's good that it is now changing and, and, and people are a lot more flexible mm. rather than you have to be this cookie-cutter, thin, mm. size 8, 6 – that um, that we all think is glory and Kate Moss and heaven, mm. yeah, it, which is nice. It's really nice to see, and it's it's having an impact everywhere on on all females um, mm. that they feel more comfortable in their skin, which is really positive. Yeah, yeah, completely agree, mm. completely agree. Long may it continue. So you're doing this, 
you're jet setting around the world. Like you say, it's quite transient, can be quite lonely at times. Who's your touchstone? Who's keeping you you're human almost? Have you got a good set of mates that are displaced around the, the world as a result? I or? do now. Um, probably Keeping in touch not, with the though. fam and stuff? A little bit with the family. Yeah. But um, no, you just kind of fly solo. Mm. Uh, and then you uh, – but I do remember moving to – New York because I do need friends. I like friends. So mm. it's, making friends is like a full-time job. Got to be like, right, hi, can I have your phone number? Do you want to catch up for a coffee? Can we go for a drink? Do you want to totally. see a movie? It's a whole thing. It's like a full-time job. It's totally, a mate. nightmare making yeah, yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a daunting process for a lot of people as well. Yeah, if you exactly. Move country and all of that. Like can, people that are traditionally extrovert can become reclusive just because if that builds it up and up and up in your head. And it's, I suppose, with... Tinder and whatnot, people aren't going out to like find love any as much in that yeah. traditional sense. So how do you meet mates? Is there like a Tinder for mates? Like what's well, going well, on? Well, there wasn't even Tinder when I was overseas. Yeah, yeah, so. well, that for the better, right? In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, yeah, but I guess Tinder's probably not a bad way to meet people as well, even if they are. Do you meet mates on Tinder? I don't people know. Do I've that? never been on Tinder because I feel I like if I was, because I have a semi-small pro- uh, profile that. Uh, it doesn't reflect well. Yeah, know? yeah, fine, fine. Yeah. There'd be some dirtbag articles. I don't, from, yeah, probably. Yeah, like totally. the Daily Mail, I'm sure oh. they'd have something awful yeah, to say. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, so yeah, meeting friends is hard. That's a hard job and it does get lonely. Mm. Yeah. And then three years in New York, forgive if I'm getting the uh, chronology wrong, and then you came back to Australia? Came back to Oz and then... Um, what prompted that? Anything in particular? Oh, yeah. I think I was working illegally and um, yeah. I had gets to us leave. <laughs> gets us all the time. I <laughs> know, uh, right? I was a scumbag from day dot. Um, but, yeah, I think, it, I, I think it ended badly with my... Not badly, but just my agency were a bit off and... Mm. It was just time to kind of go, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which was a good time to go. And then I came back and I went to Africa on my motorbike trip. So that, that was, was oh my God. Timing. So this is the bloody ripe old age of 22. Yeah, yeah, Jesus yeah. 20, Christ. yeah, 20. You high achievers at a young age. It's insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was kind of like this, or not fork in the road, but kind of a butterfly effect mm. moment for you. So you fell in love with this kind of motorsports, come back from this trip revitalized. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. inspired, revitalised. Um, and then it was just a big, long, hard slog to try and get into TV because I figured... What yeah, what changed? What, where did TV come from? Uh, well, I just didn't want to model anymore. Like, obviously, I was still modelling because you just keep it on the side. But sure. um, I had to do something in front of the camera, I realised, because I would just get fired from everything else. So, yeah. uh, so, and I just couldn't hold down a normal job. It would just drive me nuts. An office, just I just couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I decided the TV presenting was going to be it. Mm. So then you have to kind of start that journey. And, mm. um, but it's not like a – is it a traditionally linear one? Like obviously you have certain professions where it's like, right, year one, no. then the grad scheme and then this and this and this – Whereas TV, in my experience at least, it seems so kind of, oh, right right place, right time, who you know, if you've got the skills, oh, so-and-so's sick, do you fancy having a bash? And it's just yeah. like unbelievable, like obviously your skill has to be at X threshold, right? But 
to have all the stars aligned as well. How did you attack it? What did you? What did you yeah, do? Yeah, it's um, it just sometimes it works for people and sometimes it doesn't. And mm. mate, you just got to keep slogging away until you get there. And then when mm. you get there, like when I first got there, after a few years of doing little roles, and I got myself an agency and um, went to like um, presenting school and stuff, and going to so many auditions and just not getting anything, mm. uh, which was kind of normal for me in the modelling world because well, I I've that's gone where you're fixed. Skin is going to really come in handy, isn't one it? One set of rejection to another set of rejection. But rejection never gets any easier. It's still very yeah, painful. Totally. Um, and then I got – I finally got an audition with MTV and then um, that was my entrance into – Is this the MTV It Girls or is that uh, – Oh, that was way one? after I'd started oh, actually, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, – so Erin um, McNaught was leaving and they were looking for a replacement. Awesome. Um, and so I started there and that was um, that was kind of the start of it, which was great. I ended up there for like four years or something or five. Epic. Four, four or five years, yeah. Yeah. Um, big into your music? Yeah, I was massively. Now I'm big into the motorsport. <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, now, now I focus most of all my energies into motorsport. But then it was – um, it was music and also reality TV was really, you know, in mm. the thick of in the thick of it then too. So we had a lot of reality TV stars coming out, like the um. Shores, the Jersey Shore and okay. Geordie Shore. And Most tedious interview you've ever done? Oh, actually, I think it was my first one ever with Daniel Craig. Really? Yeah. Well, he was just – sometimes I, I think he's like getting blood out of a stone kind of thing. It was that and I was so just fresh. just like pouted lips, just like – it was on the red carpet and he was running late and I just – it was just awful. Oh, oh my God. What and was your opener? What, like, what was the I moment? I, just, like, oh, I think I just me. coughed and laughed in his face or something. Awful. Classic. Oh, God. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, I think he said something that was like semi-funny and I was like <laughs> – <laughs> um, But I also did one for my uh, – for my interview for um, MTV with Darren McMullen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so they they had set it up as um, this is – they hadn't told me, but Darren was trying to be a turd. Um, and I – yeah, it was a really um, really peculiar interview yeah. because, you know, he started to go way off piste and I was meant to try and bring him back in. I, I don't see. think I did a very good job of it. I think – what did we start talking about? We started talking about – um, blowjobs. Sure. I was like, yeah, I think I asked, so, you know, how was the best way to be getting getting somewhere in this company? And he said blowjobs. So oh, we went on this yeah. blowjob tangent for a while. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was quite bizarre. But, yeah, the, the there's always bad interviews. There's still, there's still bad interviews. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm definitely so far from perfect. Uh, you just hope that it goes oh, your mate. way. And we're all human. Totally. If you're not um, learning, you're, you're dying as well, you know. Like, yeah. Like, the greats, you know, Letterman, etc. Like they're still learning every time. It's that's yeah. why it's enjoyable to watch them and stuff. And it's fun. And people have different styles as well. Like some people are really polished, and some people are just really loose. And yeah, it's interesting. It's mm. a it's an interesting world. Totally. Yeah. Well, on that note, quick delve into your interview prep and whatnot. So you're doing when you're on RPM, you're like trackside. You might get someone for like a a five minute bit piece to camera. Is that filmed like live or as live? Yeah, we usually shoot them as live, so it's yeah. kind of the one one take and then they'll slot them in throughout the coverage. I see. Um, cool, cool, cool. And then some t- like so we'll shoot everything. Like I get to do all the good stuff. I get to go stunt riding and off-road motorbike adventuring and so up good. in aeroplanes 
reason. Um, yeah, just earlier crimes. I was watching a vid of you being um, the co-pilot in a rally driving Yeah, thing. yeah, rally driving, navigating yeah. in that. That was unbelievable. Uh, I've got my international race license now, which is pretty so cool. So cool. Got my own race suit, which says Peck on the back. That's it. Um, so, yeah, it's a really fun job. Uh, and in terms of – you just have to stay across it all the time. You just have to be mm. – um, you just have to be across on it with the industry news yeah, and yeah, who's coming um, and going, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And have you got uh, someone in your ear for those track days? Have you got someone like, oh, Kate, you've got so and so walking over now? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you do, mm. um, and then so other times we'll do like more long-winded, um, long-form interviews, mm. uh, which is more like this. You know, mm-hmm, we just sit mm-hmm. down, then they do the edit afterwards. Got you. Um, yeah. Chuck on all all the overload, but it's a it's just a learning process all the time. Um, yeah. And I did a half a half a marketing. Um, degree and then half a journo degree. So. Oh, nice. so that served you, do you think? So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, perhaps, but I really think that so much of it is learning on the job. Like yeah. there's nothing like experience. Nothing yeah. can prepare you like experience and you just you just eventually get better at mm. it. And I think that goes for everything. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing. Even if you fucking hate it, you will be better at yeah. it at some stage. Yeah, true that. Yeah, that's interesting. So what was your what were your kind of moments during your presenting work where you were like fucking loving this this is class or like you felt like tangibly you had made a step forward I think um I think definitely at Channel 10 that's I'm, I it's it's, so it's funny because they were in search um for a supermodel that was Channel 10 right Yeah it was so it's actually kind of gone full circle yeah, I'd never thought about that That's yeah. epic yeah. so cool so do you reckon they – have you ever encountered a producer or someone that's been like, we had our eye on you or – Yeah, they uh, – the woman who produced it actually now works as the creative director at um, ABC, I think. No and way. So she poached – she wanted me to come on a, um, a sports show for a sports panel show. Mm. Um, but unfortunately that only lasted like – 10 episodes or something so that didn't continue but um that was just recently so cool Um, yeah which is really bizarre so she's gone on to do great things so and that's a lot of a lot of the work as well it's networking the more people you know the better Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. more people you work with and you just have to say yes to everything really Mm. um because it even if the day is terrible and whatever you don't get paid, you might meet somebody that could lead to something else. So this is it, yeah. Yeah, you really just coming back be, to making your own luck kind of thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you just got to be right open place. to everything, yeah. even if you're really uncomfortable and you don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. does happen. I feel like that would happen a lot. Yeah, it definitely happened a lot to me. But yeah, because you know th- these, you're under a lot of pressure, and these environments are really scary sometimes and intimidating. And the totally. person that you you're talking to, they probably don't want to talk to you either. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, it can be full on. Have you got any mantras, any rituals you do before coming on cam? A little um, brief insight into my vocal warm up there. So, is there anything you do to calm the nerves or? Oh, I do. I do read the newspaper. It helps with your jaw if you really pronunciate the words. Interesting. I find that does help with delivery. Okay. Um, I always have to eat. Yeah. If I haven't eaten, I turn into a monster. Um, Get I the old drink, hangry monster coming yeah, out. Yeah. I can't drink coffee. Um, and. What else? That's I think that's a fairly comprehensive list. Don't worry. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's and good. writing. I like to write things as opposed to them just being on a computer. I find yeah. that that sticks in my brain better. I can vouch for that. Yeah, and it's yeah. just something 
like it's just nice, isn't it? Visceral having old a bit of paper. Mm. It's like you type it out and then you've got to like scroll up and down to check it and blah blah. I just at the final stage, at least, I'm the same. I like to do a little mind map. That's yeah, my and it's it, I, as you've done your podcast. Mm. I don't know how, like, I don't actually know how other people prepare for their because I don't have often work with other presenters as such. I am starting mm. to now, but for mm. a very long time, I never worked with any other presenters, so it'd just be me. Interesting, yeah. Because I was going to ask you, did you ever have any industry mentors or anything like I'd that? I love a mentor. Oh, I say, if you we? can get a mentor, yeah. just take one. I know. I I've know. been searching for a mentor for so long, and all my mentors that I want are just too busy, or like they don't care. Mm. You know, they're mm-hmm. just, or mm. maybe they're just Sydney mentors, and everyone in Sydney is just too busy. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, if you can find a mentor, good yeah. on you. That's nice. That's it. I yeah, agree. I well, that, again, important. selfishly, that's part of the reason why I started this podcast. Yeah, you know, having a you know an hour of someone like yours time is epic. So it's really invaluable to me. So, yeah. thanks, mate. Pleasure, Appreciate it. No worries. There you go. So we're into the business half of the game, as you can see by my mind map that's spooling over here. So, what would you have said now, knowing what you do now, to your worrying like? Uh, what, 17-year-old self when you said you didn't know what to do and you became a bit depressed, like, what would you say to yourself now? Oh, look, I'd probably go out there and try a few more things rather than just wallowing in, um, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. Mm. Um, I probably wallowed for maybe uh, like six months too long. Mm. I probably could have got out there and and tried a few things, but... um, I don't know. You just you just don't know. Oh, mate. You're just yeah. a bit lost and a bit angry. You don't know why. Um, and mate, yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's yeah. Just go out there and give a few more things a, a crack. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Good on you. And then circling back to that thing we touched on earlier, creating your dream job, like the a model adventure, like that kind of stuff. It seems incredible to me it might not be other people's cup of tea but it's evidently your cup of tea from how you enjoy it and you don't take yourself too seriously on cam but manifesting those opportunities for yourself how did that come around oh that was amazing that was that was really amazing that was um that the, those are the passion projects though mm. the passion projects are the ones that make you really poor and uh, but they fulfill you totally and uh i mean that came about because a girlfriend and i um I met her, she has a film production company and we were talking about motorbikes a long way around, a long way down and she'd actually worked on the program. No way. And then I was like, well, you know, it'd be so great to do a similar one with a a female being me and she was like, yeah, let's try for an adventure, an adventure series and we eventually got Nat Geo to sign on for it and – Commission it, uh, so fork out some cash, yeah, and yeah. um, and then we went and shot it. It was amazing. It was just, so it was everything and exhausting, and just pushed us to our absolute limits. And totally. um, it feels like such a long time ago, but it was, yeah. Those passion projects are amazing. You got to work with people that are passionate, otherwise totally. it just becomes work. And that was totally awful in some some stages. But I mean, just watching, I just had a quick flick on the old YouTube. You had a BTS video of you training for it somewhere out in insert oh, jungle yeah. here. It's like carrying tires, like flipping logs, running through mud, that kind of thing. Kayaking, like it's no, it's no joke. It's yeah, no, no, it's we, no walk in the park. We did some serious and you do it all prep. With a smile as well. You're just, just hamming it out, going for it. Oh, it was good fun though. Like this is what I live for. I live for I live for being outdoors and like adventure and just being a loose unit and dealing with good humans that 
that aren't too – their egos aren't too big, mm. just salt of the earth people. And I think that's why I love motorsport so much is because I don't have to deal with too many egos. Sure, motors, like car races and motorbike races have got egos, but most of the time I just get to deal with good, solid people that are just yeah. kind. And, yeah, so that yeah, well, that was the dream. That was a dream little gig and I think my, my mate who has a film production company, Candid, uh, she lost a bit of coin on that. So, <laughs> But it was worth it. I like think it was say, worth yeah. it. Yeah, Totally. Yeah, a valiant pursuit. Anything that's worth fulfillment, that's what's worth yeah. doing really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You've got to find those little gems because they don't come along that often. Yeah, too right. Well, I'll round you off your questions. I'd be remiss to ask you... Uh, to not ask you, sorry, about your favourite vehicle. What kind of, what, so you've only got one transport method for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, I would really like a Corvette Stingray. Uh, that would be amazing. Okay, so your car is the broadest well, category. yeah. Four wheels. No, if it's going to be hot most of the time, it would definitely be a motorcycle. Okay. Uh, and. So straight, yeah, you'd be. You'd be all right in Australia, wouldn't you? Yeah. Or at least up here anyway. I don't Melbourne would be a bit wet. Yeah, we'll stick to Sydney, maybe okay. Queensland. Uh, and I'd probably do – I'd get something that I could do everything on. So it would probably be a BMW GS yeah. 1200 or 8, I think. Okay. Yeah, because that you can just – you can really live – a fulfilled life with yeah. that kind of bike off road and on road and oh just adventure. Adventure till you're a hundred years old. So good. Oh, heated grips and heated seats. That's oh, all I need. A high life. <laughs> the yes. high life. Her eyes are glinting as she says this, glistening with joy as she tells me about this motorcycle. Is that got an outdoor radio? That bad boy? I don't what do you do for tunes? Because I am a big oh, fan I've, of my tunes. I've got you, um, you do. I've got molds for my ears. Ooh, yeah, fancy. Okay. That um that have a cord and uh, they stick into either your whatever, whatever you've you got want. on the side of your helmet, I feel you. sure, or um your phone. So that's really handy. Nice. Yeah. So you can listen to tunes yeah, all the right. time. Yeah, it's fantastic. Sick. And talking of helmet, good segue. So you like your tech, your gear. I've had a quick peruse on the Instagram. You get sent a bit of stuff, which is cool. Recently got yourself some knives. Yes. Oh, yeah. The, old, got, the old Leathermans. The old Leathermans. And they engrave them too. So yeah. I got Captain Pecker and Pecker Wood. Yeah, that's class. For a second, like, because I don't really, I'm not that acquainted with knives. So I was like, maybe they're the name of the brand. And then I was like, you mug, Sam, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously they're not. That's class. So oh, these kind of things, so what's good. the best thing you've ever been sent? Oh. oh. To not put you in a hot water. What is your favourite tech or gadget? Um, First, non-electrical, and then secondly, electrical. Non-electrical, oh my God. If I could choose something that I'd really like mm. that's non-electrical, it would be a good champagne stopper. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, because champagne loses its bubbles and that's just annoying because you've got to yeah. commit to a full bottle, which is not always a problem, but yeah. sometimes it is. The hypodermic needle. Someone else was literally, I listened to a comedy podcast and I think um, his name, Dyro O'Brien, I don't know if you know him, he's an Irish comedian. He, he hosts many English panel shows. His favourite thing that he would have brought was this exact thing. He does. A, he presents a lot of like the future of food kind of BBC shows and his hypodermic needle whatever you want to call it for getting the, the bottle of fancy fancy wine that you've never quite got the occasion for that yes, was what he said exactly that's exactly it so um that would be that um and very quickly again se segment from me where did you get this sommelier thing how did that come around how oh, long did it take why um, did you get it 
so I've just been obsessed with wine for a long time and then I decided that I'd do a course uh, and then I wanted to do another course, mm. which was quite extensive. Uh, what are we talking? Two hours uh, a day for five no, weeks? it's more Intense like week course. 12 to 13 weeks and you're meant to do a lot of study. Wow. Like it's a lot. Books. And then, uh, books yeah. and then uh, because it really delves deep into the geography and awesome. the actual, you know, the soil. And yeah, the terroir and the, and the winds and the winds. Uh, yes and See? currents and all that kind of stuff and the wow. buds and um, get them tannins going. That's the only got, buzzword yeah, I remember. Got, uh, a oh, lot of the tannins it, don't quite like the tannins in this one. It's got a lot of it is not the tasting of the wine. Actually, sure. the, what ends up in the in the glass is a lot of um, a lot of other really boring stuff. But okay. it's quite interesting. Mm. Um, and so yeah, so you had to do um, a theory part and mm-hmm. a tasting part. Mm. Um, so I think you had to guess where the um, what the grape was and okay. then write down all of its elements. Oh wow! Well, so and there's all a the pass fail test. It's not just a you've done it. There uh, you, go. you have to get over eighty or something, um, which I passed, which was a miracle. Like a boss, nice. So yes. are you now the the person that all your friends defer to for said a hundred percent. I was that person before I did like, the qualifications, like, but oh, now, you were that anyway. now yeah. you, but now you can lord it on everyone. Totally. You're like, right, we're having a dinner party. What's what's on the menu? Okay, beef. Well, we'll go with this. And yeah, like, yeah. Right, Cable do it. Fine. Bring the but wine. now it's it's. I want to start. Working in the wine industry and the ah. media side, so I've written some I saw articles. Cloudy, cloudy wines, was yes, it? Cloudy Bay, cloudy I'm an Bay. ambassador for them. So there and warm champagne, boom. Um, and I've done some articles for Delicious and Man of Many. So good, oh so, Man of Many, my, yeah. my mate Scott. Oh Scott was the previous guest on this show on the podcast. Oh perfect. He's, I used to live with him, my housemate. Oh no way. Small bloody world. Saw him at the Ferrari event the other night. No way. Him and I had a caviar hangover the next day. Did you? Oh. <laughs> For some life, some oh, life. No, right, that sounds like a major caviar hangover from a Ferrari event. You heard <laughs> it right, listeners. She's still living that best life. That's crazy. That's wicked. So that's not going to take you some bad places in the world either, is it? Oh yeah, totally. Well, that's yeah, that's what I'm hoping that totally. There's, yeah. Um, there's going to be some kind of future there. It'll be sweet. Well, it's got to be sunny, right? Well, yeah. got to be some fertile soils. Oh, exactly. There's so just... you'd be sweet. I always made that. We had a little game with friends like, oh, what sport would you like to do professionally or whatever? And I always went for mixed beach volleyball because it's mixed and it's on a beach. So True. likelihood is it's going to be somewhere nice. Not wearing And it's a team, clothes. so it's not like solitary, like a tennis or something like that. Like you can share and then your spoils and then like when you don't win, you know, whatever, you shake it off as a team. What would you do? For- oh, sport? Yeah. Motorsport included, of course. Okay. Uh, it would definitely be car racing. Yep. Yeah. 100%. What kind? Uh, um, F1, two or more kind of off-road. Oh, yeah, off-road. It would yeah. be off-road rally driving. Oh, sick. Yeah, that would be awesome. Is that from that that time you got a taste for it when you were doing uh, the co-piloting? Uh, no, I loved it before then, actually. Uh, and I love watching the Dakar rally, which yes. is epic. Yeah, that's, that's epic. Um, that's so, pretty amazing. So cool. It's really full on dangerous. and uh, But you've got to be very good at it. I'd never be good enough to do it, to go fast enough. Mm. You ever thought about doing something like the Mongol rally? Uh, yeah, yep, I'd love to. Me and the mates eyed that one up. We were going to do a rickshaw run, which is a, riding a rickshaw across India. And they also, this company, the Adventurous Run, uh, the Mongol Rally as well. It looks like an 
awesome route. Yeah, I've heard of it and I've seen pictures online. I mm. didn't actually know who could enter it though. Anyone can enter it? Yeah, well, this particular one, yeah. Obviously, there's like a pro It's not a really pro a race rally. Version. It's more like a you all travel together in a convoy kind of rally. No, no, get... They have a start party and it's a genius business model for these guys. They basically have a start party and an end party. And awesome. then you're just left to your own devices. Gets there, the yeah, first yeah. gets the biggest totally, prize. Yeah. Well, if you, if you survive full stop, yeah, then it's great. Yeah. Sign some waiver at the beginning. If you die, see you later, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. so good. Yeah, pretty sweet. When are you doing it? Oh, when it, maybe, well, if and when <laughs> I go back to the UK, who knows? Kicking and screaming, we'll be doing it. Oh, don't go home. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. So, right, the... Traditional way I wrap this up is stealing from James Lipton, who stole from someone else, from the Inside the Actors Studios questions. But I'm going to intersperse a couple of my own as well, because I feel like I need to step out and build on the shoulder of giants. But the first one, what's your favourite word? Uh, I quite like squeamish. Squeamish? Um, squeamish. Yeah, that's a good word. What's, yeah. No, you only allowed one. Okay. Only allowed no worries. One. Squeamish. Okay. And of the inverse, you'll see the pattern in this. What is your least favourite word? Uh, probably phlegm. Phlegm is pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that. And then my own question, what's your favourite vegetable? Ooh, I really enjoy a eggplant. An eggplant? Not a eggplant. An, an eggplant. I was wrapping my head around that. I was like... <laughs> I, I know I don't know all Australian stuff, but <laughs> a eggplant, I've not come across Doesn't that bad Doesn't sound boy right, does it? An eggplant. And how would you have it? Braised? Uh, roasted or fried. Mm, mm, real talk. That sounds good. Okay. Um, I forget the order, so it doesn't matter <laughs> anyway. What profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Um, I'd really like to be... A carer mm. of. Mm. <laughs> I feel like this is <laughs> this is not not something you've uh, harboured for long. Like really nice hotels. Oh, but, but that's a good turn. Mm. A carer. I thought you were going to be like, I'd love to care for older people that <laughs> you know are really down on their luck. But no, of nice hotels. Not like care for them. More just you like be, be a, a lady sitter. of the house. I'd like to be a house sitter. I see, I see. But you want more of an entertainment facet to that, right? So you want to be, people come and you're like, welcome to this fantastic, like the Grand Budapest Hotel or something. Yeah. And then you have people to do this, like, man, what, you know, whoever it may be, can you sort them out with some food? And anybody who wanted to stay would have to be interviewed first. Oh, wow. Yeah. Elitist. Yeah. Sounds a bit like a cult. They don't have to be elite. Yeah. They just have to be Well, elite by your definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. What would you? Who would you have around your table for dinner? Oh, Celebs, um, dead or alive, who would really tick your box? Um, I'd love to have Theodore Roosevelt, old yeah, Teddy, yeah. just because seems like he'd have some amazing stories. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I guess Madonna. She'd be pretty cool. She would Michael cool. Jackson, because I'd want to ask him some questions. Yeah, sit him down. You seen the doco? Yes, all the doco that yeah. really knocked my socks off. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. Just saw a um, just saw the Ted Bundy one. Maybe oh, you could just that. throw him in there for some interesting. Wow, you can have chat. a firecracker <laughs> of a dinner party so far. Pop Hitler in there as well for uh, yeah, maybe Pol Pot too. Pol Pot. Oh wow, so just and just Mother despots. Teresa. Just to even it out. Just this could to, be like the UN Pex UN. Yeah, quite. She's got to be on the other end of them scales. She yeah. doesn't really weigh that out. Mm. 
I like it. Cool. Okay. Coming back to our questions, what's your favourite sound? Um, the sound of an engine revving. Ooh. Or particular and one. A bottle of a cork popping. Yes. Cork nice. Cork popping is both probably. very topical. Nice. Is there a particular engine? The only one I know is V8 because I'm perfect. V8's pretty good. They're yeah. quite unique in their sounds. My mate said that because it's off balance. Yeah, oh. yeah, you could say that. It's um, she, if she you hear one overseas, like yeah, you can. Well, if you hear one here, but yeah, they're they're pretty nice sounding. Ferraris sound. Ferraris have a really um, unique sound about them as well. You mm. can you can mm. tell. You can. They just sound gorgeous. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's epic. And then. Inverse of that, of course, the sound you least like, you hate, to use that strong word. Um, oh, just that like chalkboard nails down mm-hmm. a chalkboard. That's that scratching kind of thing. That's probably pretty awful. And honking is awful too. Like loud, yeah. abrasive noises. What about when you're abroad? Like, because you know here it's like you. It's a substitute for swearing. Essentially, it's very aggressive. Mm. Whereas in Southeast Asia and India, it's more of a. I wouldn't say dip. I find it quite endearing, maybe because I was foreign, but it was like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm yeah. coming to the right, I'm coming round a, bl- a blind corner, I'm here, okay, bye. Like it's, oh, it's not It doesn't polite. feel like they're going to, like, you know here, well, I do anyway, and on bike stuff, you, you feel like that fear or whatever when you're going to pull up against, like, red lights, you're like, oh, God, here we go, like, yeah. it's going to be this. Whereas there, you're, you're never worried, whatever, kind of thing. Exactly. It's But it's so annoying. Oh, my yeah. God. When I just did that three-week trip to... Um, Himalayas, oh, I just was excited to come home and there'd be no beeping because really? it's just, oh, just a cacophony, so too much for annoying. you. Annoying, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. just all the time, everyone on their horns. So, yeah, it was nice to come back and hear a few FU's road rage and just the occasional <laughs> horn rather than politeness. Uh, and uh, here I'm coming round behind you, sure. But they're very effective horns, and they you know are. what. You know what? Yeah. Why don't cars have three different types of horns? There should be a mm. fuck you horn. There yep. should be a I'm coming through horn and mm-hmm. a thank you horn. And a thank you horn. There's no. Like the, why it. don't cars have that? It's not the same horn for everything. Real talk. My mate who's a lorry driver removalist here told me that when you let someone in, this is in lorries anyway, uh, in the UK you put your hazards on for a second, say thank you. Is that the same with cars here in Oz? No, I don't think so. No, because he said you've got to indicate left and then indicate right so they're separately so people don't think you're about to break down. They're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've just let this guy in and now he's breaking down in front (laughs) of me. Oh, that sounds like a whole new code. But that's a different etiquette that we won't get into anyway. (laughs) So least favourite job or job you would never like to do? Um, Sounds like you've given him a fair whack yeah, in your in your early in an office, days. I reckon. Yeah, working in an office is right is right up there. And anything to do with cleaning, I'm really not not a cleaner. Yeah, real and talk. I wouldn't want to work outdoors in the snow, like as a labourer. Wow, very specific. Yeah. yeah, sounds like you've you've nearly done that. So that sounds too close to home. That sounds like Canada. Your well, dad was like, "You got to pay the rent, girl. You're here for a while. Yeah. You know, how's about a bit of shoveling snow?" Sometimes when you're at motorsport events and you have to stand outside in the cold for so long, uh, it can be really awful. Mm. Awful. Mm. Yeah, so, I can imagine. Yeah, like, and they're volunteers. The marshals they stand out there all day. In the Unreal. Late in the rain and the. Unreal, yeah. I used to work a lot in the festival yeah. like, circuit in the UK and in the UK weather's so bad and yeah, this, like volunteers just standing there just <laughs> shivering away and you're oh Christ, it's not not the one. You're a you're a better person than I am if you can endure that. Mm. So um what was it? Gadget you can't live without? 
Uh, I guess everyone would say their phone. Most used app within your phone? Um, ugh, it's probably Instagram. Instagram, yeah. I tell you what I use a lot is ScanBot. Mm. What the hell is that? It's where you scan. Oh, of course um, it is for the wine. Uh, no, but oh. Vivino I use yeah, there the it is. most. Yeah, Actually, that's what I probably use the most. Vivino, nice, um, nice. And that tells you the... Brings the, up gives all, you all, every, the all the information like about a Pokemon the, card for wine, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, ah, I play this wine, El Vino Del Flow. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. And what's this other one? Oh, scan. ScanBot. So you know when you've got to scan something, you know who's got a scanner. So you try and take a photo of the mm. top of the piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, this actually has... A, this is an app that takes it in a way that it comes through like a scan. So it, it um, measures it up and it looks pretty. Like print, so print and sign, scan and send back kind of thing. Yeah, You're yeah. like, oh, God. So that is that what you use it for? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. And yeah, filling out. Yeah. Mostly signatures. i got to sign my life away a lot. Okay. Can I rock your world? Yeah. Can I introduce you to a hack that may make that redundant? What? Have you got a Mac? Other. Oh, you can like even use Acrobat. Signatures. No, on preview on on Mac, like Acrobat Reader or whatever, you can create your signature and you just on your pad, and then it's on there. Never have to print it off. I do have that, but for some reason I just don't. I've like got my it on my computer. You're old school. Oh, like she sends me those thirty-page documents. <laughs> for, uh, she's like, "Can you print this off?" I'm like. You can do, babe. You can do this at home. Like you can do this on your laptop. It doesn't even need it. She's like, just do it. Just do it. I'm like, oh, fuck. I have to print yeah, this. Yeah, because I do it on my computer, but I don't do it on my phone. I do need to learn that. Okay, that could change a lot of things to me. But I've got mm. my app. Yeah, I mate. like my app, and All I've got a you. printer. So you print from your phone. Uh, I don't even know how to print from my phone. Yeah. Well, the it's the phone, future. The printer connects to the Wi-Fi. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, congrats. Yeah, thank you. I know. So, you, so your you're learning, I'm learning. And that printing thing, that's what you couldn't live without. Um, no, probably Vivino is pretty important. Vivino would be um, up there. Yeah. What else? There's got to be something better than a phone. What other, like, high-tech thing? You know what I really You've got a pretty classy watch is? you got on there. Oh, yeah, I do enjoy Big watches. time piece. Yeah. I, I couldn't live without watches or soda streams as well. My soda oh, stream really? is my life. Surprised I didn't see you at the event last night. I did hear about that event. I wasn't yeah. invited. Uh, it sounded a bit lame. I think that's not – I wasn't invited anyway. What was it? It was like – It was that I only went there to film an interview for work. It was, yeah, a little chat. Yeah. Was it. So. it a bit lame? It yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, it was what it was. You didn't miss much, mate. Yeah. You didn't like miss how much. exciting can a to be fair? I rocked up, party got myself be. a couple of free sliders. You know, onion barges. They were great. Those oh, yeah. nibbles going around. Woo! Had a little kombucha with a straw. No, not a straw because obviously that would be completely would, yeah, exactly. undermining the whole campaign. The exactly. exactly. So yeah, big up the environment. All right, big up the environment. And Soda Stream. Have you had flavor? Just I've never plain. used one. Plain. Oh my god, they're life changing. Oh god. All right. Well. I did get one, so it wasn't a waste oh, of time. Yeah. If you Big don't up, like so it, bring it in. And I've I'll just cussed them out, and I've, they've given me a free set. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I love it. Love it. Party line, whatever. Whatever. No, I'm not giving it to you. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. You're keen, so I'm keen. Yeah. It's infectious. Me. You'll love it. Okay. All right. And finally, what is your life ethos these days? What gets you jumping out of bed? What? What criteria does something have to meet, whether it be an activity do you do on your own with your friends or in work? What criteria does it have to meet for you to be like, fuck yeah, let's give it a bash? Um, it has to be fast and dangerous and an adventure. And, mm. then I'm keen. and I like it to go for a long time. A like, long time? Like an extended period of days. Epic. Yeah. I like, like it. That's a proper... 
That's a proper reason to get out of bed. None okay. of this go out for the day and come home at night. That's boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to go out and just really test yourself and just be free. Mm. There's freedom that you don't get in a city. You just mm. want that like that freedom to just run away, be be elsewhere. Mm. Um, yeah, just a good, good solid motorbike trip is um, yeah. That's a good. That's a good egg to get out of bed for. Keen as mustard. I really want to get one locked in as well. So that sounds sick. What yeah. a lovely end uh, note to end on there, mate. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming on thanks, the show. Thanks, Sam. Much appreciated. I hope I was uh, entertaining, and, entertaining, uh, informative, informative, and inspiring, mate. The Fantastic. trifecta. My God, legend. I thought it was. All right then, gang. Thanks for listening in, and we'll catch you on the next episode. I'll see you. there we have it guys that's episode six hope you enjoyed yourselves i certainly did chat to kate she's an epic lass isn't she you can uh, keep up to date with most of her motor fueled antics by following her on either twitter and or instagram at kate peck me thanks again for listening and catch you next time